1: Welcome to it. Oh, what a week. What a week it's been. I'm just basking in some nostalgia right now at the moment. I can remember the night sitting in my room playing this guitar solo, and then I must be Arabic in some way. This I started like discovering those notes, and that's, that's, that's awesome. and it's weird. I I probably in college made like 50 songs. Most of them were crap, if not all of them. But a the few things, but then my computer crashed and I had no backups because I'm an idiot. But a few songs I made, like this one's from 10 years ago, have survived on the internet where I uploaded them. And it's not great. It's programmed drums it's and, awesome. well, I you mean, know, I love it. Oh. I miss it. Yeah,
2: you, it's oh, oh, so emo e before emo e was a thing. Well, I,
1: the, I think if I'm remembering the lyrics correctly to that one, uh, like the second verse is, "Hey teacher, teacher, you can teach your lesson plan, and Mister preacher, preacher, you can save the souls of man, but me, I've got my shades on." <laughs> that is. Come take a stand. That know. is it. You know, just hanging out, okay, enjoying, go, enjoying life. 20. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I don't know how that happens, how a dream goes by the wayside. In a way, you start to think, i got to grow up. I I think radio, the radio bug, grabbed me. And by the way, welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour, folks. Joining me tonight is Seth Spotlow. And I've been telling you off air, and I've been suggesting on the radio airwaves, I'm going, especially as we ramp into 2019 and the Democrats start running for the presidency. And especially as we get into 2020, if I'm still allowed to speak on these airwaves, I probably will be. What are you going to do? No, who knows? (laughs) I could screw it up. I could screw it up. I want to live up to the billing of this show, giving voice to liberty our time. Now, that's a little tongue-in-cheek. I mean, there's a lot of people giving voice to liberty. Not enough, but a lot of people. And so, yes, this has become a, a new dream of mine. Uh, one that's a little more social, and I've backed off from being an ideologue. I don't think just because I think something, I'm always right. But it's weird how certain dreams give way to new ones. And maybe I should get back into making music. It always made me so happy. So happy. Still make you happy? I just haven't done it's it. it been a while. You, and you get out of the routine, and you get into new routines in life, and it's time to pick it back up again. It's worth a shot, man. I, nah, mean, I think living. so. But as far as living up to the billing of this show, I mean, think about the clips I play in the overwrought opening of this thing. We've got Orson Welles. We've got Howard Beale from the movie Network, which we talked about, I believe, last night or earlier this week. A movie that was prophetic in the mid-'70s, 1976, but really foresaw the world we live in today, the rise of the mad prophets in terms of media and the downfall or the corruption of democracy and corporate power, cronies working with big government at the What's same it called? time. Network. Do you think that... It's a very good movie if you not From seen the 70s? It. Yeah, 1976, directed by Sidney Lumet.
2: You think that is a prequel to The Net, that terrible Sandra Bullock movie? No. You know what I'm talking about. Though. No, I, I haven't seen that one. I don't. It was ahead of the time in the early 90s. It was way ahead of the game, and it was
1: kind of right. Right. But then also we have H.L. Uh, Mencken. Cooey pleases the boobs much more than since. And West Wing. How, why, what were you doing? We're behaving like a superpower. We've had some crappy results. Stewie. It's a death struggle for our republic. That's Ron Paul at the end of the opening. Isn't Stewie in there somewhere? No. He's not? No, no unfortunately. Probably. I love Stewie. What the deuce? Oh, I, who pleased the boobs? No, that's H.L. Minkin. Really? Oliver Platt reading H.L. Minkin. Oh. But tonight we're going to focus on, again, what are we doing here? We're behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, we've produced some pretty crappy results. And luckily, folks... We have a new president, and he's still new, even though he's been there for two years. Yeah. And I don't always like the way Trump carries himself. I, there's things on the campaign trail that he said that unnerved me. And I just want to be clear it's not like I'm going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I think it's stupid how often we in our politics in the United States decide that, oh, you support Trump or you support so and so, so you must be a bad person. That's nonsense. It really is nonsense. But things on the campaign trail Trump worried me about. For instance, I saved this clip because it really raised the hair on the back of my neck. And I don't have that much. I don't have any back hair, thank the gods.
2: Yeah, me too. I second that.
1: But this is what Trump had to say when asked about the, the classic question of the balance, so to speak. I think there actually should be a bias in favor of liberty. But the balance between security and liberty... I saved this clip because this is what Trump had to say.
0: We asked Trump what he valued more, security or the Bill of Rights. But I have always come down on the side of security. To me, it's the most important. Even if it means doing something to encroach on the Bill of Rights. Now I hate it. I hate the concept of it. But we're dealing with some very, very bad dudes.
1: Bad dudes. And see, that's classic Trump. He's very, he's <laughs> plain spoken. He's to the point, And that's to his credit. And it's not like Trump's... New under the sun in terms of presidents that would side side with security over liberty. Because, you know, if people are dead, what good's your liberty, I guess, is the argument goes. And fair enough. We're supposed to protect life liberty in the pursuit of happiness. Not make sure people are happy, no, protect their ability to pursue it. And we should be, I think, humble when we think about what actually makes people happy. Because there's a great Ronald Reagan clip we play that, you know, we also dream too. We don't just need basic necessities. Now, it goes a long way if you have basic necessities in life. Food, clothing, shelter, some friends, some family. But you want life to be more than that, don't you? At some point. I mean, we literally dream. You were just telling me off air, Seth, that you have lucid dreams. And sometimes your subconscious gets the best of you and you want to wake up. Reminds you of something you don't have And you want to wake up I understand that, I lucid dream as well But I mean dream beyond Just the basic Everyday ho-hum Subsistence There's a difference between surviving and living Exactly, surviving and thriving that's the basic goal of human beings: survive, but then thrive. Because just surviving—you
2: can doing live bear necessities—that's not dying.
1: Yeah the the Jungle Book and Mowgli and and what's the Baloo? Yeah, Baloo. Yeah. Baloo's Blue. full of crap, <laughs> sitting out there getting fat, eating honey. That who? That Baloo likes honey too. Bears love honey. The the new remake, the live action one, so to speak. Uh, it has a great scene where Baloo and Mowgli are trying to get some honey by climbing up. Really, a, yeah, a mountainside of this, you know, sheer mountain face. You know, they come up with some contraption. It's great, but they're full of crap. Yeah, you don't <laughs> just need the bare necessities in life. We also dream too. And what's interesting is when people really go through a trying time. Like if you read about people that were in concentration camps, the most extreme situation, maybe in current, recent history and they survive it and they get out there's often this discussion of they miss the struggle they're happy to be out, but then there's a part of their brain, their psychology that makes them go, hmm, I wish I was still fighting the good fight and and just trying to survive So you have to learn once you get the basic necessities, once you are surviving, there's no real threat to your survival. If you don't entertain your mind, you don't take on a worthwhile burden, and this has happened in my life plenty of times, then you tend to make up new burdens (laughs) that aren't very worthwhile. You tend to be self-destructive or uh, you just sort of
2: rot away. Keep on running, man. Run a good race. And then when you stop, you fall off, I guess. Yeah, exactly. One usually just seems to come to me. Right. It just comes and I take it.
1: Yeah. Well, and you're doing the right thing these days. And I like talking to you on these airwaves because you're not, you've admitted to me, like politically sophisticated. You're not coming to the table with a lot of preconceived notions in terms of politics. Uh, You have your way you view the world, I'm sure. But I don't know. And I'm trying not to be as, as ideological. But this whole question of security versus liberty is now come to the fore again with the threat in the midst of this government shutdown that Trump will declare a national emergency to build a border wall, something like 300 miles I think they could get away with. Now, this might be tested in court or whatnot, but I don't want to focus on Trump. Because George W. Bush, in recent history, declared a national emergency. I think called up National Guard troops for the border and the issue of immigration. Barack Obama did the same thing. And it all goes back to a certain law passed in the 70s. That, when initially drafted by Congress, allowed Congress to veto a president calling a national emergency. The courts since then have said Congress can't take away that power. This is an inherent power. Which is a whole, it makes me want to smack whoever made that ruling. Yes, I think the president, if there's an imminent attack on the country, he should be able to repel it and meet force with force. But it reminds me of the War Powers Act as well. And I don't really blame these presidents on the issue of immigration. You can blame them, and I could, but that's not where my anger, my frustration, and my worry and woe is directed this evening. It's really at Congress. And when you attack Congress, the funny thing is you're attacking this institution. What's the old irony of polling? Everybody hates Congress. Like Congress has 13% approval ratings or 20% approval, whatever it is at a given time. Everybody hates Congress, but when you ask them about their congressman or their senator, they go, oh, he's great, she's great, but Congress sucks, but he's great. I was, well, what the hell's going on here? So in a way, some of this is up to the people, but I think Congress now, well, for six decades, if not longer, have abdicated their constitutional responsibilities And essentially given more and more power to the presidency. And I feel like if we continue to do this, we will be running the risk of a government, not of laws, but clearly of men and not even men, one man or one woman, if a woman becomes president. Again, this isn't about Trump and this isn't really about the immigration issue, other than the long history in the last 20-something years. The reason W called a national emergency on immigration, the reason Obama called a national emergency on immigration, and the reason Trump will probably call a national emergency on immigration or why he's threatening it is because Congress refuses to do anything. There are compromises, good ones there are solutions staring us right in the face and they've been staring us in the face for a while. And somehow politics gets in the way so presidents see it necessary to do something. And they do it. But what if it becomes something more than, you know, an immigration issue? What if it becomes questions of war and peace around the world? And another piece of legislation, Congress has completely abdicated their responsibilities, the War Powers Act. And somehow that's been interpreted to mean... The president can essentially start a military conflict anywhere in the world. Mm. It's not just, you know... If somebody's coming to attack the United States, I'm fine with the president without Congress attacking back. Like I said earlier, force meeting force. But when you're talking about something as complicated as the Syrian civil war... Just hopping right back into the fire... Congress should talk about that. There's a reason... The founders gave that awesome responsibility to declare war to the legislative body because they have to deliberate. They have to actually talk to one another, argue it out, hash things out, all the pros, all the cons of any given military action. We haven't done that. The president shouldn't just at his beck and call be able to say, yeah, let's help the Saudis bomb the crap out of Yemen. Yet Congress has abdicated that responsibility, and I'll name one man who's no longer in Congress, former Speaker of the House Paul Ryan. I just found out today, and God bless Thomas Massey, the congressman from Kentucky, at the end of the year, Congress does this little charade they call governance, where all sorts of special privileges and pork are stuffed into end-of-the-year budget bills and other of the resolutions. And they pass them by unanimous consent. The guy up there with the gavel's like, unanimous, passes by unanimous consent? All right. Uh Uh-huh. He hits the gavel, bill passes. And all sorts of crap gets passed that way. And many of the times, people aren't even there. Our representatives, our senators aren't even there. And so Paul Ryan, when they're going through this unanimous consent process, tried to sneak into the farm bill not something about dairy products or the dairy farmers of the America wanting to make sure people understand soy milk and almond milk isn't actually milk from a cow. That was an actual thing they were trying to get done. You can't call that, that almond extract uh, the milk. That's not that didn't come from a teat.
2: He's just got the back of all the idiots in America.
1: No, but it'd be one thing, though, if they stuff something having to do with agriculture into the farm bill. But Paul Ryan tried to tack on into the farm bill a provision that would limit Congress from being able to pull back the president from helping the Saudis bomb the crap out of Yemen. Because after, the probably at the crown prince's bidding... Mohammed bin Salman, that journalist, Khashoggi, was yeah. killed. Yeah. Yeah, it was brutal. Oh, terrible. And so Congress, though they should have done it sooner, public opinion began to sway You know, against helping the Saudis bomb the crap out of Yemen, which is a country, by the way, very reliant on imports. So there's famine. There's disease. Most ways, in and out of the country, because airports have been bombed, or you just can't get out. You can't really get in to help either. Luckily, I just read today, there seems to be a ceasefire holding. And hopefully that continues to hold and there's some resolution. But that's a... Yemen in and of itself is crazy enough without foreign intervention by the Saudis or the Iranians. But the Congress is waking up. What? Why are we helping the Saudis do this? And because of that potential, Paul Ryan tried to stop Congress from executing their constitutional duty to be the ones who actually says when we go to war it's up to the body that actually represents the people in full in many different ways and all their different voices and opinions. That is Congress. But we continue to give more and more power to presidents. And I think it's going to come right back and bite us in the ass. I really do.
2: One person shouldn't have all that, right? I mean, just for the good of his self.
1: I mean, well, and just think about how that mixes with the the cult of personality of the celebrity around the presidency now.
2: Oh yeah, one one false step
1: mm-hmm. all takes. And the president has enough powers; that he is commander in chief. He is able to have some discretion, and rightfully so, over prosecutorial discretion, so to speak. Like yeah, he's got we got only have so him. well, and we only have so much money and so many resources and given agencies, so you have to prioritize these sort of things. But if you want to know what the real deep state is, it's the part of the government that runs on autopilot. That well, part of it's shut down right now. It's the part of government filled with people who have never been elected a single day in their life. They've been given all the power by the people we continue to elect and the bums we continue to send up there. But that's what I think Hayek, famous economist, political theorist, warned us against. He warned us against all these bureaucratic gatekeepers. And it's one thing if it's, you know, an inconvenience, like you had to pay a little more and go through some inspection for your food products. All right. I guess that's something the government should do. But when it comes to the President of the United States, and God bless Trump for this, saying we're getting out of Syria, and his national security advisor, John Bolton, who I was very suspicious of when Trump chose him, goes and says to the press, suggests, no, we're not pulling out. People run to the Pentagon. Wait, wait, wait. No, we are. Makes you wonder who's actually running the show. So here's what I think we can hope for. No system is perfect. No system is perfect. It doesn't seem like any day Congress is going to wake up and actually you know, do what they're supposed to do based on the Constitution.
2: Pieces break.
1: Right. What we can hope for, though, is if a given president, using these powers that stretch the Constitution pretty thin, does it for the sake of liberty and sanity. You know, when we started the war in Afghanistan, something like 80 plus percent of people supported that because that was, at least we were told, the people that attacked us on 9-11 and good riddance. That's I remember being a kid and... Seeing those buildings fall, and th- I wasn't scared. My first thought was we need to apprehend, and now my thought was we need to kill whoever did this. So I guess I was part of the 80 plus percent. No, man, it had to be more than that. I'm but now I believe what is it, 18 years later, 17 something years later, a majority of Americans support getting out of Afghanistan. Hell, even people like Robert Kaplan, he's this uh, author and geopolitical thinker. He's advised all sorts of different presidents. Even he is now saying, get out of Afghanistan. So we need our president, in this case President Trump, to continue to do these things. To use the awesome powers given to him, wrongfully, by the Congress, and given to all presidents in recent political history, We need him to use those powers in a way he was elected for, which is bringing the troops home and not starting any new ridiculous wars. And we need him to continue to press, I think, keep the shutdown going on, continue to press the Democrats, do not declare a national emergency, because that, Mr. President, will make you like a lot of presidents past, which will probably give you a free get-out-of-jail-free card. It's in the law. You can probably get away with it. It'll be tested in court. You'll probably win. But Congress needs to do something here. And we should feel the pain of a shutdown until Congress does something, in fact. But the good news is today, Seth, we are getting out of Syria.
2: Is the shutdown working, you think?
1: Doesn't seem like it. Seems like everybody's got their heels dug in. Yeah, their attitude isn't really changing. One, it's got to be terrible for people who are expecting paychecks. But, you know. Loans, man. I mean, i watch the shutdown and go, well, maybe we shouldn't have the government doing all these things. In many cases, I think that's possible. Just with a little bit of imagination. And no Paul Krugman. What an asshat. The shutdown is not some libertarian fantasy. Libertarians don't want the government doing a lot of things, but it would be responsible, given our practical situation, to remove a lot of these responsibilities from the government and give the private sector time to take up the slack. It's just very frustrating. When I look at our current political situation, we are not living up to the creed of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that's fine. We can do better. And we could do a hell of a lot worse, no doubt. It could be a lot worse. So now, that I guess I'm thankful and have perspective. But we can't another theme we can't keep giving into the the politics of resentment to both sides. Can't keep giving into it. We need to keep our heads clear, look to the constitution, look to the founding revolution that started this country and get back to the basics. that, I think, will uh, help us in the long run. It's not going to be perfect. It's not always going to be easy. I think it will help us in the long run, for sure. Because right now we're not practicing self-government. We're practicing government of everybody. Of, for, and by the people. So the people, you know, give up all their powers to the government to take care of them. And it'll come down to us. In the end, to push these people, to call them to suggest, Mr. President, keep doing what you're doing. Don't listen to the voices around you, listen to the people. Bring the boys home, bring the women home from Syria. And that's what they're doing. The pullout apparently is happening right now. Military vehicles moving out of Syria into Iraq. So for that, I'm thankful. Thank you, Mr. President. Now, make Congress do something on immigration. But that's not my favorite story of the week, and we'll get to my favorite story, the most important story of the week, after the break. Have a little fun. But before we hit this break, I want to talk about one of our awesome sponsors. What are you looking at right there in front of you, Mr. Seth Spallow? A baggie of chicken crack. Where'd you get it? Four healthy pets. Over on the Atlanta
2: Highway? Yes, where the old skate haven used to be. Yeah, the Village Shopping Center. Yeah, man, place is
1: like home. You saw Teresa. You met Teresa?
2: Amazing. You walk in there, and the first thing you see on your right is a bunch of bags of pet food. But not just any pet food. Oh. Pet food that
1: have people's names on it because they specially ordered it. Oh yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, she does those auto orders. You can even call her, say hey, Teresa, I'm heading your way. And you can pull up and she'll you don't have to go into the store. She'll bring you your auto order right to the car. It's incredible. All natural, very healthy brands for your pets. I mean, we all love our pets and you wanna make sure they are actually happy and healthy. And it's delicious. Yes, I got some biscuits that taste wonderful. Wait, you ate the biscuits? Yes. <laughs> See, folks, they're that good.
2: They are that good. They're that. They're good. organic blueberry biscuits. You walk in, they're about halfway up on the left, Ooh. and they're good. I gave them to the dogs. They get two. I get one.
1: And you're getting a
2: dog here. So yes. 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 His name is Barkley.
1: And you got to make sure to keep going by four healthy pets. I am. I got a reason now. Well, folks, again, Atlanta Highway, the Village East Shopping Center, where the old Skate Haven used to be, it's right next to Faulkner University, that side of Atlanta Highway, right in that area. Stop by tell Teresa, Joey said hi, that Joey sent you, and be sure to take care of your little critters. They're great. You got to. You want them to live forever. Exactly. Because I've I've seen terrible situations where people kind of went for the lowest price thing, the bottom of the barrel, and... mm, that isn't the best way well to treat to the them. Bottom you shoot. Yeah, it, that's just not going to cut it. Not going to cut it. You can also visit them for Healthy Pets online. They also offer grooming services. Uh, I think even pets. And she so is
2: the packed. the The grooming services. I mean, her little it's groomer great. lady has. Well, been... Well, they
1: added a new groomer. Yeah, there, man, the new lady to pick is, up the slack. So man, they are they're, busy. They're busy and blowing and going over there at Four Healthy Pets. So you can visit them also at Four Healthy Pets Online. But as promised, after this break... This is you too, right? Yeah, this is a song, a little a little song mm-hmm. I made. I was listening to a lot of Daft Punk yeah. at the time. <laughs> it's not as good as Daft Punk, obviously, but I like it. But after the break, we'll be getting to my favorite, most important story of the week. Big things happening. It's a business story, really. right? Clear in Alabama. No, <laughs> no, not that. Not that. We'll be right back, folks.
0: Joey Clark. joey clark oh welcome
1: back the show is also brought to you by eddie bader with the goodson group fine folks over there at the goodson group great folks starting at the top with bo goodson the namesake of the organization but i've been working very closely with eddie bader of the goodson group Eddie wants to be your buyer's agent. So if you're thinking about buying a home, don't tell yourself you can't. Don't tell yourself you're stuck in a rut, you're renting forever. Your options are more available and fruitful than you ever would have thought. And Eddie can show you exactly how many homes, how many properties are out there that might make your life better, make you feel like you're part of the American dream because you now own a home. He's been around the block a few times with real estate. It's changed his own life, and he went through Bo Goodson School of Real Estate. He's now been a very successful agent for several people, close on several properties this year. And I have to say, getting to know Eddie Bader, you will not be disappointed. So give him a call, 322-0662. Make Eddie Bader with the Goodson Group your buyer's agent. You will not be disappointed. Again, that number three two two zero six six two. I've had a few friends that went through the Goodson Group. Yeah, great, and great, great place, man. great place. Yeah. This is also some more nostalgia. Huh? Did you like? Were you playing
2: uh, uh, Nintendo? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. I love it. I mean, I like
1: that over-the-top crap. Oh, man, it's good crap. <laughs> no, it's funny how you post stuff from long ago, and I have 23 fans, apparently. I haven't promoted it at all. It's like
2: when you look at the, your first Facebook pictures or something. You see the thing on there, but like I don't do the profile thing, but I'll go in there and I'll, I'll look way back at the pictures that are from way back in the day, and you'll see me like on a bar in a hula skirt.
1: Oh, wow. I think you'd see me with an acoustic guitar and a hat. And a tear. (laughs) (laughs) Playing at a coffee shop. Oh, but... right. favorite (gasps) story of the week, and probably the most important. Oh, my God. It hasn't been since the late 90s. ECW. ECW was involved, but so was WCW. What are you talking about? Ted Turner got into the wrestling business. Wrestling. And they took on the dominant. At the time, WWF now referred to as WWE. Because apparently, don't mess with the World Wildlife Foundation. Because <laughs> they will sue your ass for, for trademark infringement.
2: Wasn't WCW on TNT and WWF on USA?
1: Yes and WWE now is still on USA but they also just inked the deal to take they have two shows raw raw I think will remain on USA which is an NBC universal mm-hmm. company product and now smackdown their other show that appears on tuesday nights currently on USA will move to a primetime slot on friday nights i believe on fox,
0: fox. that means so I you, watch you it. can yeah. watch it
1: you without any Woo! You man just with have an antenna basic, on yeah, his house. When example. an airplane flies over, I lose service. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You'll I'm, be able to watch it. That, okay, I'm sorry.
1: And it was like a billion-something-dollar deal
2: over ten years. I'm just going to be pissed if they touch animation domination. I am writing letters.
1: But it, does it come on Friday nights?
2: I don't, no, it's on Sundays. Okay, they're know, not going to touch it. You, that's what, don't, hey, man.
1: No, there are a lot of people like you. Okay. But business in terms of wrestling is good right now. What about NXT? NXT is also a WWE product. It's like their minor league, so to oh, speak. Oh, okay, like amateur. League. But it's many people will tell you big wrestling fans it's probably the best thing on WWE right it's now. It's better than the other stuff. Yeah, because well, it's only gotta an, try harder. it's only an hour. So they don't have as much time to fill in a regular NXT show. And then their pay-per-views aren't as many. Their takeover pay-per-views are only three, four times a year. So they can sort of tell a story long form in a better way. They don't have to fill as much time. Raw's three hours. Three hours? And it's probably too long. SmackDown's two hours. Three hours
0: is way but too much.
1: Again, it hasn't been since the 1990s, and they called it the Monday Night Wars now. Yeah, I remember. Where WCW and Eric Bischoff and Hogan, Hulk Hogan, who became Hollywood Hogan, and Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and all those guys came over. And they dominated in the ratings. They overtook the then-WWF. And everything was on at the same time. Yes. WCW they went, and w That was a request yeah. directly from Ted Turner for them to go head-to-head yep. and take them on.
2: I remember that. And you had friends that were watching WWF, and some were watching WCW. Yeah. And then I was WWF guy because Undertaker all day, every day.
1: Taker's great. Yeah. Now I'm a Taker, Mark. Yeah, but man. Here's the news this week. We finally, it seems, have a very serious competitor for the WWE. Because there are other promotions out there. Stretchy pants. There's Ring of Honor. There's Impact Wrestling. There's even foreign companies like New Japan. And I just watched their big product, Wrestle Kingdom, not too long ago. It was fantastic. Didn't Asuka... Asuka? Yeah, and she from that... New Japan, yeah. And so is Shinsuke Nakamura. Big Japanese stars. And they're great. The Japanese product's great. And if you watch the Japanese product, Wrestle Kingdom 13, there were people that weren't just Japanese. Chris Jericho was on there. He had a no-disqualification match. It was epic. There was Cody, the son of Dusty Rhodes... Ooh. The Young Bucks, the hottest independent tag team in the world. They're making money hand over fist with their merchandise. And then there's Kenny Omega. Probably the best wrestler out there today. And Incre- His matches are, are something to behold. So there's been a change. There's now a new competitor on the scene. There was a press conference held this week. In Jacksonville, Florida. Incidentally, or coincidentally, well, it wasn't coincidence. It was by... It was on purpose. It was planned. (laughs) A press conference was held in Jacksonville when the WWE was in town doing SmackDown. A press conference with Cody and the Young Bucks. With Cody's smoking hot wife, Brandy. And they announced a new wrestling promotion, All Elite Wrestling. And they've really made a name for themselves with their show being the Elite, and the show has been exclusively online on YouTube and other YouTube. It's only online. AEW.
2: All Elite Wrestling. That has a nice little ring to it. It does. And that's part of it. I mean, I think that how you sell stuff like that.
1: And you, you're thinking, are these you know independent wrestlers smoking dope? How are you going to take on a multi-billion-dollar valued company like the WWE that has global reach that just inked a huge TV deal. How do you even compete with them? Well, now they're serious money. Just like Ted Turner, backed WCW and saved it from being awful. Billionaire Ted did that. We now have new billionaires on the scene. The Khan family. The Khan family, if you don't know who they are, the family that own the Jacksonville Jaguars. The press conference was held right outside the Jacksonville Jaguars stadium, I believe. They also own a soccer club across the pond. So they know how to run sports organizations and sports promotions. They have the money to pull it off. And I think they are seriously going to compete and give WWE a run for their money. And... At the end of the press conference, they announced a bunch of big names. Cody's in the promotion. I think he's the executive vice president. Of the young Bucks are executive vice presidents. Brandy's the chief brand officer. But at the end of the press conference, as it seemed like it was being wrapped up, out comes Chris Jericho. And they're going to start picking off wrestlers left and right. And even uh, if you're not a wrestling fan, this is a fascinating business story. It shows how well the economy's doing, how hot this product is doing and how now even if you don't necessarily have a huge tv deal you can make a lot of money and make a hell of a name for yourself with the internet
2: i got a question all right um the cons did they start or were they the original founding forces behind the jacksonville jaguars i'm not
1: certain i'm not certain.
2: okay I'm just wondering, if they if they built that, then way to go them. If they just have had it for a couple of years, then... Because it's only been 10 years or something, right? Well, and
1: here's how I think all this was... The cons decided to jump in. On their own, Cody and the Young Bucks decided to do a big arena show in Chicago. And bring all the independent wrestlers with some name ID from around the world... And let's just put on one big pay-per-view show. And these guys, who had never put together or promoted a show before, sold out a 10,000-seat arena in Chicago in 30 minutes. Ooh. It's the first time that's happened since WCW. And because that was so successful, the Khan family came to them and said, do you want to change the world? And it's yeah. just... It's awesome to see that there's competition in wrestling. It's awesome to see that the economy is doing this well, that there's this much opportunity out there. Or at least people with that much money think, yeah, we can make this work.
2: Is that a quote? Do you want to change the world? Yeah. Oh, that shows some kahunes.
1: Yeah, and apparently the son of, I, I can't remember the daddy con's name, like Sod or something like that. But the son is a huge wrestling guy. He's long, been a longtime fan. He's been wanting to do something like this for a while, I believe. So it it's just exciting to see like new things happening from the ground up. And it could burn out. It could, it could cr- put, crash put, and burn, you know.
2: But it could just flame up, yeah, and be awesome and not be crap that is on this new wrestling. Or it'll at least
1: be an alternative. Like if you think about WWE, it's meant for families. Like yeah. when I went up to Birmingham a couple years ago. It was, mo- I was shocked. It was mostly families. And that's, I mean, it was like ECW back in the day. ECW
2: was more the, hardcore, yeah. Yeah, more, way hardcore. They had barbed wire and oh, right. a lot more blood and a lot more tables and a lot less foam.
1: Exactly. So I'm just pumped. That was my favorite that's story awesome. of the week. You got me, man. And they're doing a show in Vegas. They sold out like, 10,000 seats before in Chicago. They're going to do a show at the MGM Grand, I believe, hotel. And resort in Vegas, 15,000 seat arena. Oh, man. Double or nothing in May. You're going to have to send be really me good.
2: a link on the YouTube thing so I could watch sure. some tonight during work.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'll be a lot of fun. And it's just, I don't know. I, I like it. It's a lot of fun to see uh, real competition. And, and it also shows a point that. Even if somebody is like the 10,000 pound gorilla in the room, like WWE, there are people willing to, to take on. Yeah, and to take it on and to try to change the economy. They're going to, the things that people who currently work at WWE don't like, like in terms of payment, all this stuff, they're going to try to address to attract talent. It's just. Competition is good. And, it's how the system should work.
2: And I love it that people still are brave enough to go take that step. Yeah, take that risk. You, man, you've got to. You can't let, I mean, I don't care who they are, how big they are. You have, a, you have a fighting chance. Right. Until you give up, Right. you have a fighting chance.
1: Exactly. And even if you might have a silver spoon in your mouth as you grow up, you got to live up to a legacy.
2: Yeah.
1: Even, and if you have nothing, you have maybe like The Rock, seven bucks to your name. You got to work hard and put yourself out Just there. Just keep
2: going and, and dreaming the dream and living it and running with it.
1: Exactly. Well, look at this. We have somebody on the phone Ooh. line. Who's this? You're on there. This is Patrick. Hey, what's How up, man?
0: You know, they say variety is the spice of life, <laughs> and I think honestly, um, I think this is great. Um, when you when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, I think if Vince McMahon is smart. He he wants the competition.
1: Yes, it made him better before.
0: Yeah. Exactly. What happens? What happens when you you don't have anything like really gunning for you? You get a little bit more complacent.
2: Yep, a little crusty. Uh,
0: and then the product gets stale. So I mean, now with. Uh, was the the other one that comes as a Lucha Underground. Yeah, oh, that one's awesome.
1: And they don't do dude, that live. I think they like shoot that like a movie.
0: It's really good. Dude, cool. their awesome. storylines story are amazing.
1: Right. It's like a, a pre-produced reality show almost. It's very, very cool.
0: Yeah, it, it's actually kind of, like, if you watch some of their episodes, it's done kind of like the style of uh, Days of Our Lives or something. Right. It, it's it's really, it's strange, but it's man, it's interesting. But, and and uh, it,
1: you're right. Have this variety; the competition will make everybody better. Oh yeah. And I mean, and
2: uh, I'll, I'll start watching it because you got to pick a side, and hopefully, it'll be the opposite <laughs> side of what you pick. So then I can poke you.
0: <laughs> did uh, Did either of you guys see? Uh, you were talking. You mentioned Kenny Omega. Uh, did either one of you watch the match with him and Chris Jericho at the uh, Tokyo Dome? Yes,
1: yes, it was amazing.
0: <laughs> Oh, my God. They sold out the Tokyo Dome of, like, what, 50,000 people? Yeah. So I'm looking for them to start, you know, branching out, selling out Madison Square Garden. Yeah, well,
1: I think uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan got together, and they now have a show going on in Madison Square Garden. It sold. Oh, out.
0: yeah, they, the, uh, the All In?
1: Mm-hmm. I think that was it? Well, no, that was Chicago. There's a show coming up at the same week or around the same time as WrestleMania. Um, ah. So it, it's it's a good time to be in the wrestling business. if you're, But it's just, a, again, a sign that the economy in general, people are seeing opportunity, seeing that I can take risks now. I can try to change the world. It's just an exciting time. I like it.
0: It's a great time to be a fan. Indeed,
1: indeed. Well, Patrick, <laughs> I appreciate you calling in, man. Not a problem. Have a good one. You too. Thanks for hanging on hold, man. Yeah, we don't have call screeners here, yeah. Not on this show. You are the screener. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: But yeah, heading into the weekend, I'm gonna do some yard work if the weather permits. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna get some workouts in. Uh. I'm gonna keep watching the news. And by the way, if uh, Mackenzie Bezos, um, I've been looking for sixty one billion dollar sugar mama. Um, call me two seven two nine two two eight Mackenzie. I would love to be your boy toy. I don't care. I have no theory. shame. I would prefer to be, you know, a husband on equal footing, maybe the breadwinner. Who knows? I'll but be your pool boy. You're coming to the table <laughs> with $61 billion. I'll be your pool boy. Exactly. I'll be your pool boy, and I'll sign the, the thingy. I'll rub your feet. I'm I'm not a foot person, but I'll suck a toe. <laughs> For billions? <laughs> okay, I'll suck a big toe. I wish you hadn't have said that. <laughs> That's weird, man. Yeah, but... Everybody's got a price. Hey, man. I I, I mean, even just a billion dollars, I'd be interested, you know. So that's your weekend yard work? Yeah. Well, and I'm also trying to catch up on some reading. Really get more background information, refresh myself on, uh, well, what's going on with our country? It is a death struggle for the republic. I'd like for us to get back to what it means to be a republic. Because now I... To be honest, folks, and this isn't knocking anybody. It's sort of like we have it without even thinking about it, at least the everyday person. I think we're sort of an overstretched empire that isn't holding up to its founding ideals. And we're at the major threat of going not necessarily bankrupt because we're the world reserve currency, but we're just we're flirting with disaster. If we got pushed any which way. You know, it's what Patrick said. But how if you don't have a legit competition, maybe you get complacent. You used to always being the top dog. I worry, especially with the rise of China, that this...
2: We're like this silly putty right here. Yeah? If we don't know we're silly putty and we think we're going to stay like that, and we come back tomorrow, we'll be flat and way different than what we thought we were.
1: Mm-hmm. We might get smashed and molded in the eyes of the Communist Party of China.
2: This stuff's great because if you set it somewhere, it will totally melt on anything. It takes like a day. (laughs) All right. Sorry for.
1: No, that's that's all right. It's okay. No, but uh, also reading more about what's going on with North Korea, that is. um, It seems like Kim Jong un is wanting to promise a deal. There's going to be a second summit with Trump, it seems, between Kim Jong un and President Donald Trump. And. Kim Jong un is hinting that he might be willing to sign an agreement that will make the whole international community happy. Because a lot of people have been skeptical. Is the North Korean regime just doing this sort of peace offensive in order to lull the West and other parts of the world to sleep? I don't know. But we'll find out. Hey,
2: man, hopefully he's going to show us instead of just keep on talking.
1: Well, no, and this is, again, to President Trump's credit. I mean, it wasn't too long ago you saw, like, You know, Trump, what was it that Trump said? Uh, He was alluding back to a statement made by President Truman. I I think it's something to this effect.
0: ...be met with fire and fury... Right. ...like the world has never seen. He has been very threatening... Mm. uh, ...beyond a normal statement. And as I said, they will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power... The likes of which this world has never seen.
1: And apparently that scared the crap out of the North Koreans. Fire, fury, and I'm bringing the hot dogs. Well, no, they don't really... I think the the read on Trump from the North Koreans' perspective is, like, they don't know if he's crazy or brilliant. And it's great, because that's... I mean, he does it so well. Well, the madman theory can work. It works great. Look at me. Right. (laughs) <laughs> right, exactly. You're you're nuts, but you keep doing the right thing. You keep plugging along. Yeah, man. It's tough, but you just keep doing it. Sorry. Oh, no. It's good. I thought the pot was down. It's the end of the week. I'm a little... I'm feeling good, but... You you're loopy, man. You let me in here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I, I appreciate you listening to me. No problem, man. i on the world.
2: I told you I'm cool with it. If you, you understand that I'm a blank slate and I know nothing about it and you let me ask my dumb questions and don't push anything on me, we're mm-hmm.
1: cool. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. Man. I ask plenty. Of, I say plenty of dumb things, too.
2: Hey, man. That's why we're on the
1: same level. <laughs> well, to being dumb, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy your weekend. <laughs> Be back on Monday. Thank you.
0: Joey Clark.